Welcome to Two Songs, One Couple, where a geeky metalhead husband swaps songs with his nerdy country girl wife. Grab a drink, get comfy, and join us on our musical chat. Okay, hello. Hello. Happy Native American Heritage Month. Happy Native American Heritage Month, a.k.a. November. Yeah. On August 3rd, 1990, the President of the United States, George H.W. Bush, declared the month of November as National American Indian Heritage Month. Now it's Native American Heritage Month. So they shortened it a bit, taking out a word, changing a word here. Either way, it's still a mouthful. Yep. It is <laughs> quite a mouthful. But yeah, to celebrate, we, we chose a couple songs from a couple bands that have Native American ties. Yeah, I'm excited about this one. Native Americans are having a renaissance Mm -hmm. or like a resurgence. Mm -hmm. They're starting to get much more mainstream attention and focus. Mm -hmm. And I think a whole bunch of different platforms are allowing that, like media platforms, social media platforms. It's really getting to be, I think, an exciting part of our cultural identity in at least recognizing that, hey, Native Americans are still here, guys. They're still here. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the classrooms are teaching nowadays. All I know is that when I was in school, <laughs> and in California in particular, we just had a very, very... Um, Sanitized. Yeah. And Eurocentric. It, yeah, and colonial-centric. It was very much focused on the missions and how the missions were great things. And then you start to dig into them a little bit more and you realize, oh, shit, not so awesome, guys. Yeah, and the, <laughs> holiday, so awesome. the holiday coming up, we know and love, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I was taught, I don't know about you, but I was taught as like, oh, the pilgrims and uh, Native Americans had had dinner together and they were all hunky-dory and everything was all good. Yay, celebration. I mean, we're not a history podcast, so (laughs) we're not going to get into it, but I'm going to tell you now, it's much darker than that. You know, it's one of those things where it's a very great example of how history is written by the people who win in wars and skirmishes and conflicts, Uh right? And so what we're finding now is that there's much more to what happened than what we're taught. If you really want to know, a lot of times you got to dig in deeper and and start asking for the different perspectives, right? Because there's always two sides to a story. And sometimes they're both saying the same thing and they're both happy and sometimes they are complete opposite and the truth is somewhere in the middle. So today we're going to start off by a land acknowledgement. We've talked about how we're from the San Francisco Bay Area numerous times so I don't think that's a shock for anybody. (laughs) True. Um, But what we've never said before is that in particular we're from the part of the Bay Area that is the unceded territory and the traditional homeland of the Ramaytush Ohlone. This is a tribe that has been decimated and displaced for many years and are now trying to come back home and make a place for themselves within San Francisco Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And so we do want to highlight that and recognize that this is where we are currently living and working and recognize and acknowledge that, you know, their history was rough and that they still are here today making great strides and great contributions to society. If you're curious about whose homeland uh, or traditional territory you live in or work in, there's this really cool map that I found that Peter's going to post in the, the show notes that you can just 
type in your zip code or your city and it brings up kind of the the traditional homeland territories that we know of right now for different areas all across the U.S. It's very interesting especially for like California because unlike most of the rest of the the United States what happened to the Native American population in California is quite different. They didn't get really pushed into reservations. They just kind of got slaughtered Mm -hmm. and then absorbed by, maybe not absorbed, but then like hid in uh, rancherias Mm -hmm. and kind of the Spanish culture that remained after the Spanish left California. It's a bit more hidden, a bit less obvious than in the rest of uh, the U.S., I think. And so this tool I found to be really interesting because I never heard of the Rame Tishaloni and I would have loved to have found out more about that when I was growing up. Um, hopefully, you know, the schools will start to, you know, provide this other perspective. I also have seen, at least throughout the Bay Area, this movement from the different Native American tribes in California to really provide this other perspective of like the missions and in particular, Sarah. There's a lot of talk right now and push to stop glorifying the missions Mm -hmm. and to provide a fuller picture of what actually happened at the missions. And so there's a whole bunch of statues that are being taken down, similar to what happened with the Confederate statues in the South. We have a similar movement going on in California for the missions and the main guy in charge of installing and running all of the missions throughout Mm -hmm. California. Okay, so before we head into some of the other interesting stuff that's going on, if you are curious in looking up whose ancestral homeland or territory uh, you live in or work on, the website is called Native Land Digital, and it's literally just a map that pops up and it covers all of the Americas, South America, all the way up through the entirety of North America, so not just the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And you just plug in your zip code or, or city or state and boom, up pops the tribe that is currently associated or known to have inhabited that area. So I'm super excited to start talking and sharing some entertainment that we've been consuming lately mm-hmm. that is connected to you know indigenous people or Native American in particular. So one of them is Reservation Dogs. Not to yeah. be confused with Tarantino. Yeah. Super not, white guy. Not Reservoir Dogs. Reservation Dogs. <laughs> it's a great TV series. It's on, well, it just finished season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Hulu. It has an all-indigenous cast and writers. Well, mostly. Bobby Lee is an indigenous. Oh, good point. Mostly indigenous cast. Yes. And Bobby Lee's flipping hilarious. Oh, my <laughs> God. Is. I love him. It's a great show that kind of, you know, it covers a lot of serious topics, but it also has a whole bunch of humor in it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it's a great contemporary insight into some Native American cultures. Mm-hmm. When we talk about Native Americans, we tend to like homogenize them all into one we kind of think of them all as like one tribe Mm -hmm. when really there's a whole bunch of different cultures and tribes associated with native america but it's great it's it's super entertaining it's very it pulls you in the character development i find to be really 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 well done and then of course taika waititi is involved so it's just fucking hilarious yeah reservation dogs is a great show and like sam said season two just wrapped up and season one was great but it did feel like they were just getting started. They mm-hmm. were just starting mm-hmm. up 
storylines. We were just starting to get to know the characters. Now with season two, it feels like uh, the show is really flying. We know the characters now. We don't have to spend as much time establishing their storylines. Focus more on them and focus more on where they're headed. Yeah. You know, they, they started to continue some storylines hinted at or previously shown in season one. And it really comes to a great conclusion yeah. at the end of season two. And it's very worth watching. So season two, season two wrapped up and it ended in a very satisfying conclusion. And I can't wait to see what happens in season three. Yeah. Which is has been confirmed that they will have a season three. Yay. I'm excited. So what did you think about Prey? Oh, yeah. Prey. So if you don't know what Prey is, I think it's also a Hulu show. Or no, sorry, a Hulu movie. It is part of the Predator franchise, and recently the Predator franchise has been shit. (laughs) Alien vs. Predator, (laughs) Alien vs. Predator Requiem or some shit like that. You mean when they went to space, that wasn't awesome? (laughs) I mean, they're from space. Oh. (laughs) Touche. So that makes sense. It's not like, oh, let's put Jason in space. Yeah, that one was stupid. But like... It kind of felt like they brought the Predator series back to its roots. It's the best Predator movie, I think, since the original. Wow. The original had Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jesse the Body Ventura in it. <laughs> and it was awesome. It was an awesome action movie, but it also had this tension, this horror and suspense to it. Yeah. Where you weren't quite sure what was hunting you or hunting the characters. But I mean, we know and pray because we know the Predator characters, but gave you the same feeling and sense of being hunted and not knowing what's hunting you and made even worse because it even went back more in time, so to speak, to focus on a Native American tribe. And they don't have guns. They don't have grenades. They don't have the technology they had in the first Predator. So they have even less means, or so you think they have less means to fight these Predators who are extremely technologically advanced. Yeah. But... As you watch the movie unfold, you find that even with quote-unquote primitive technology, it can still be effective in fighting a technologically advanced being. Yeah. This interplay of old versus new. There's this idea of technology not always being superior because it can be tricked or it can be fooled or defeated by older means. Yeah. Or just smarts. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And yeah, so... To get back to how it focuses on Native Americans and indigenous people, uh, yeah, this predator comes to Earth and hunts. Around the 1700s. Yeah, around the 1700s. And it it shows a Native American tribe, and it also shows some uh, colonizers hanging around there. Yeah, so I think it's like the Comanche community or Mm -hmm. tribe Mm -hmm. that it focuses on. And then I think the colonizers, I think it's a Russian group, isn't it? I thought they were French. Oh, maybe they were French. Yeah, and, and the star of the movie, she killed it. Yeah. Oh, what's her name? Amber Midthunder. Yeah, she killed it. It's really interesting. I really enjoyed that one. It was very entertaining. It covered so many topics that are relevant to modern times, but in a in a historical context. Mm-hmm. It was really well done, I think. One more kind of media item that we wanted to showcase, but 
full disclosure, we have not watched it yet, Mm -hmm. but we will be watching it in the month of November. So it's called Rumble, the Indians Who Rocked the World. It's a Netflix documentary, or it's a documentary on Netflix Mm -hmm. from 2017, and it's supposed to cover and highlight, you know, Native American contributions to rock and or roll. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this documentary. First of all, I do want to know more about Native American music, their contribution and influence into our music or into music in general. Looking at my list of Native American groups, very small. When I was choosing something for this episode, I had a very small list to choose from. So I kind of want to expand it. Yeah, I had the opposite problem. (laughs) Oh, yeah, too much? And too many, mainly because I found this awesome list. There's a Native American Music Awards that I, oh, I didn't know I didn't happened. Know. Yeah. So I came across that via Google. Thank you, Ew. Google. And on Spotify, they have all of the songs that are nominated for that year. It's essentially like hundreds of songs and artists. Wow. And I was overwhelmed. Wow. Oh, that's <laughs> like, amazing. Yeah, it was super amazing. And so I, I highly recommend that if anybody is interested in, you know, trying to find more Native American musicians. Mm-hmm. Start there because there, there's so many and it covers all genres. Like there was a country section, there's an R&B section, there's a rock section. There's there's so many that I, I was overwhelmed, but I was thoroughly enjoying the listening experience. So okay. yeah, okay. it's kind of ironic because usually you have a whole plethora of artists that you can pull from for yeah. these podcasts and I'm the one struggling. Uh-huh. And this time I have more. Oh, good job. <laughs> good job. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Native American artists, let's get into our songs for this week. Yes. Speaking of Native American artists, what song do you have for me? I'm so excited about this one. I got you a gem. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Go on. I gave you uh, You Never Told Me. It's a song by the Groovalados, and it's from their 2021 album, also called You Never Told Me. What'd you think? Yeah, so they live up to their name. They're definitely groovy. Yeah. There's R&B, there's funk, there's gospel. So much so that I can almost imagine if you just put more J words in here, this could be a song about Jesus. <laughs> I can see that. I can yeah. see that. It's got a nice groove. The bass line is pretty awesome. Uh, there's something to be said about funk and right. groove bass lines where they're 
relatively simple. Maybe simple is the wrong word, but it's relatively simple, but very memorable and just has this feel to it that I can't quite explain that. Yeah. You just feel when when a baseline grooves, you know? Yeah. And it's like there's stink on it. Yeah. It's stinky and it like hits you right in your bones. You know what I mean? Like it it just sinks into your body and you're like, yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The bass playing is definitely on point. Maybe, maybe I should say it's, yeah, it grooves, but it's not flashy. Yeah. That's what I should say. Yeah. That's what I mean by simple. And maybe simple has a connotation to it, but it's got great harmonies in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Great vocal harmonies. There's a, there's a neat uh, scat breakdown in the middle and end. And uh, I also like the backup singing throughout the entire thing, or just this dude just goes bump, 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 which kind of cool. The ending, the music drops out and it's just vocal harmonies that are shining. I love it. Beautiful. Yeah. Overall, it's good. If I have, any complaints it may be a tad bit repetitive like there's no bridge to break it up yeah that's fair however i'm nitpicking i kind of it's it's not a huge criticism because since it grooves so much it still feels good to listen to yeah you know what this reminds me of is like a a song that you would play at a wedding to to hype people up and get them on the dance floor you know what i mean and you know (laughs) it's just it's a happy fucking song that would be a good song except for the the subject matter the the (laughs) the lyrics are don't quite fit a wedding but the groove does right i would totally jam this at our wedding yeah (laughs) It's a good one. It makes me want to dance. Like I mentioned before, like I went down that list of Native American Music Award nominees for 2021 to find. uh, Well, I guess it's for 2022, but released in 2021. Um, So anyways, I went down that list and I found these guys and they were nominated for three categories. Best R&B Recording, Best Blues, Mm -hmm. and Best Duo Slash Group of the Year. And so I was like, all right. And I heard it, and I was like, what? I was like, I did not expect this much funk. I did not expect this much groove. I loved it. A little bit of background on the artists. They are actually studio or session musicians, Mm -hmm. which I think speaks to how musically, technically good the group is. You were talking about how simple it is, but I think oftentimes it's really hard technically to play simple good yeah right yeah and i think that simplicity speaks to the fact that they're session artists and they're they're just rock solid man they are good shit so they're from massachusetts and all three of the members are black indians so black indians are like a subset of native america where it's a blending of African Americans and Native Americans. And typically it happened in the South or on the East Coast where those two populations had more exposure to each other. Yeah. And it happened in different ways. So sometimes Black American communities would evolve by slaves escaping to mm-hmm. Native American communities where they felt it was a, a safer place to be or mm-hmm. they would find refuge there and they would be accepted as part of the tribe. And so they are ethnically African, but culturally Native American. So that's one subset of Black Indian. And then the other subset is there were some Native American tribes who actually subscribed to slavery and bought slaves off of the white communities and use them within their communities. So I don't know which these three particular people 
come from. But I do know that they call themselves Black Indians. And they are ethnically a mix of African. uh, And then one has Choctaw lineage, one is Wampanoag, and one is Cherokee. And so they pride themselves in taking uh, cultural influences from all of their mixed backgrounds Mm -hmm. and merging them in their music. Yeah, you say that, but if you didn't tell me this was a Native American group, I wouldn't know. Not that it has to sound like Mm -hmm. what I think of to be Native American music. Right. It it could be weaved in to the music in subtle ways or Mm -hmm. may not even be showcased on this particular track. Right. Which is fine. But yeah, if it was just a vacuum and you just pop this on, I wouldn't know. Right. And lyrically, too. I would have no idea. It just sounds like a song about relationships, you know? Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I chose this particular song. Mm -hmm. I want to showcase that there's Native American artists out there that don't need to stereotypically fit that mold. Yeah. But they still highlight their culture. And it just might not be in the way that we expect. Yeah. True. And if anything, it just shows Native Americans are just people. All people have these problems, such as relationships, miscommunication in relationships. <laughs> I guess it's about this dude that's like, you never told me how you feel. So how am I supposed to know sort of thing? <laughs> Going back to our Jade Bird episode where she talks about how, why isn't this guy getting the hint? I'm dropping all these <laughs> hints, but he's not getting it. And then look at it from this side where the dude's like, why didn't you just tell me outright? <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like that classic miscommunication between Males and females and how females are generally somewhat subtle in their clues and hints. And men are like, just tell me outright. Otherwise, I don't get it. Yeah, it is one of those things where you get the sense that they are a little frustrated that it was a little too, too subtle. Uh (laughs) And it seems like the relationship ended because neither of them communicated properly. Right. So many things could be resolved in life if people just say, yo, I like you. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. So out of five session musicians, <laughs> okay, what would you rank this song? I think I'm going to go, it's like a strong four. Four seems a little low. It does. So I'm going to go 4.20. What? Out of five. That's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's not a five because of my minor gripe of maybe not having that bridge. It's being a little repetitive, but... It's still a banger of a song. It grooves. It feels good. Makes you feel good. It's uplifting despite the lyrical content's a little bit of a downer, but it feels good. Yeah. And uh, I like the tune a lot, but not enough to give it a five. Mm. Sorry. I disagree. Okay. See you. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But it's good. It's a good tune. It's a very good tune. Like like I said, it grooves and it feels good, but it's just something that not bringing it to a five for me. Yeah. Maybe I can't quite put my finger on it, but my one gripe is maybe it's a bit repetitive. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally fair. But it is stanky as shit. Yeah. yeah that's Love true. it. All right, let's move on.
The song I have for you is Orinoco by Cimarron, and it's a live version. I like that tongue roll. Cimarron. Mm. I think it was recorded in 2020, but released in 2021. It is recorded live from the Orinoco River Plains. Uh, I don't think it's on any particular album. Where's the Orinoco Plains? South America. I know that. It's one of the largest rivers in South America, so... Ah. Yeah, so Orinoco River Plains. The band is from Colombia. And so the Orinoco Plains covers Venezuela and Colombia, at least. So So it's probably on the Colombian side of that river. Most likely. Okay. Before I get more into the band, let's go into your impressions. What did you think of the song? Oi, it's a fast one. <laughs> <laughs> Very fast paced. Lots of finger work going on on both the harp and I think it's two classical guitars that are in there too. I'm not quite sure what to call those instruments because they're both four strings. Oh. And they, I think they have more in common with the ukulele Oh, because of the four strings and the way they sound. But I'm not sure if they're exactly the ukulele because one of them is a little bigger. Yeah. But it's not quite as big as a full-size acoustic guitar. Yeah, they're like in between a ukulele and a, and a classical guitar yeah yeah exactly interesting yeah because the sound is more like classical guitar ish those two instruments mixed with the harp mm-hmm. the fast paced fingering mm-hmm. and the loud strums or loud chords mm-hmm. reminds me a lot of the argentinian flamenco that my sister used to play on her yeah. classical guitar very like dynamic very fast Lots of notes crammed into a short period of time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it shreds. Uh, yeah. It really does shred. It, it totally shreds, but it, it shreds in a non-egotistical way. Why? Explain to me. Because <laughs> I feel like this is even more notes than, I know. than some of the, the groups that you talk shit about. I know. So why is it less egotistical? I don't know. Like, for some reason, you just don't get the sense that they're doing it to, to like, show off how awesome they are they're doing it because they really like the sound of it there's a whole harp solo in here too i know that's show offy (laughs) you know it's a fine line i don't know why it just doesn't give off this air of look at me look at me instead like that harp solo section reminds me a little bit of like the vocal section where it's a break like it's a it's a dynamic tool mm-hmm. in the song where it's breaking up these super fast paced kind of chaotic sections that don't have a lot of like dynamics in them mm-hmm. right there's a lot of notes but there's not a lot of like soft versus loud parts mm-hmm. and so that harp solo kind of acts as that decrescendo <laughs> is that the right word sure it goes from loud to slightly softer but still very fast paced Mm-hmm. And it's still driving the song forward. And then all of a sudden it brings you back to this louder, fast-paced music where everything is playing all at once, Yeah. right? So to me, it came off more like a tool in the music versus a, everybody stop, pay attention to me. I guess. I, I don't I don't know. I In a vacuum, I, I don't see the difference. Yeah. Like I said, they're playing even faster and more notes than <laughs> a lot of the shred I give you. So it's like, huh, that's weird. Yeah, maybe I just like them better. Uh, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Maybe because it has the Latin flair. But you're right. I, I typically am annoyed by that. But this one did not annoy me. Hmm. So good job. Okay. If you, well, if you were trying to not annoy me, good job. <laughs> if you were trying to annoy no, me. No, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> I just like this song and I wanted to, to share it. 
I thought it was really, really interesting. There were some dissonant chords thrown in there that kind of reminded me a bit of more like heavy metal or metal sounds Mm -hmm. mixed in. Yeah. Acoustic instruments. Yes. They they smack them things and make it have almost like a distorted sound yes. to it. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's like a there's a few minor chords thrown in that also give you that sense of darker music um, mixed in with all of these bright notes from like the the picking. Mm-hmm. I thought that the singer was beautiful. She has a great tone mm-hmm. and depth to her to her sound it was a little reminiscent of like like a smoky jazz singer voice but with a different melody than you would expect so i really enjoyed that part um and similar to the harp solo i feel like the vocalist section was a good break from kind of the the chaotic fast-paced finger picking (laughs) (laughs) that was going on before and after the vocalist right yes yes I'm not quite sure what she was saying. I did catch Colombia at the end. Yeah, me too. And then I catched what I think the Spanish word for land. Mm-hmm. That's all I caught. <laughs> yeah, I I don't speak Espanol, so I couldn't catch the lyrics either. Mm-hmm. And I even tried to click on the Google auto-generated caption. And it's like, oh, Indonesian. Here you go. Oh, no, come on, dude. Oh. This is not even close. <laughs> but I get the same sense that you do. I mean, the song is called Orinoco. You know, this is recorded on the Orinoco River Plains. Mm-hmm. So imagine it's a song about the land yeah. that they're on. So talk to me a little bit about why you chose this song. Okay. I can't state this enough. This was recorded live from the Orinoco River Plains. And so you should watch the YouTube video, which I will link in the show notes. Watch the YouTube video of this performance. It gives you more of a sense of what they're trying to achieve here. Yeah. I must say, like, for a live recording, it didn't sound like a live recording. Yeah. It yeah. sounded really, really yeah. good. You can tell that they're kind of out on, it just looks like farmland mm-hmm. or just, they're just out in nature. Yeah. Recording this. Which is amazing. Like, you don't hear wind. Yeah. Like, you can hear every single note that they're plucking. Like, mm-hmm. You can hear the drums really well, which is amazing because when you watch the video, the drums are much different setup than what we're used to seeing. Yes. It was really well recorded. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the origins of the group. Singer Ana Vedo and harpist Carlos Cuco Rojas founded Cimarron in Colombia. Carlos was the harpist, and unfortunately, he passed away on January 10th, 2020 due to Aww. heart complications. But apparently, these two, the founders, they were married they're described as life partners. Oh, that makes me really sad. I know. That is sad. And now that he has passed away, the band has released an album without him this year. Oh. It's really good. Listen to that one too. But she feels a lot of pressure because, first of all, she doesn't have her partner. Yeah. A life partner with her. Second of all, she feels like she's going to be judged for releasing an album without him. Of course. Because female, she feels like she has more to prove. Yeah. She has nothing to worry about because it's fucking great. You just made me so sad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, Cimarron, they're Colombian, as I said. The bass sound of their music is a festive dance music called Jorapo. It's like a dance music. Uh, the Grammy nominated as well. For once the Grammys get it right. Yeah. If you take the parts of their music, it's primarily made up of Latin and Andalusian, indigenous American native, and African roots. So yeah, the instrumentation includes... Oh, here it is. The instrumentation includes a four-stringed cuatro. So I guess that's the lute. Oh, sorry. The ukulele looking like thing that we're talking about. Yeah. Harp, maracas, 
and uh, the Peruvian flamenco cajon, the drum that the guy is sitting on. Oh, it's called cajon? Cajon? Like cajones. cajones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a nut, guys. <laughs> um, they use a Brazilian surdo, Afro-Colombian tambora, a stomp dance mm, mm-hmm. that they use not necessarily in the song, but in their music. And the dance, that stomp dance, similar to tap dance, creates this percussive yeah. element. Or like percussive... flamenco, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So their name, Cimarron, is after the Cimarrons in Panama. And those people were African slaves, and they abandoned their Spanish masters in the mid-16th century. So similar to your story, oh, but in South America. Okay. So they were brought to Panama. They intermarried with the natives and, you know, integrated. Mm-hmm. Similar, basically the same story. Yeah. Um, okay, so the English translation of Cimarron is maroon, and the maroons are the descendants of slaves. And the Native American mm-hmm. people. Okay. And the meaning behind it is wild and untamed. But it's supposed to mean the runaways or castaways that have abandoned their slavery to escape it. And, and they ended up assimilating, kind of like you said, hiding or being a part of the Native culture there. Yeah. It's so crazy that we both chose bands that have those roots. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't plan this, guys. No, we didn't at all. Completely independent. <laughs> But Colombia's indigenous culture evolved from three main groups. The Quimbaya, who inhabited the western slopes of the Cordillera Central, the Chipchas, and the Kalina, or otherwise known as Caribs. I'm not enough of a historian to give you more of what the Native American picture is in South America. I barely know what's going on in North America. Yeah. But all of that was to lead up to why I chose the band is because when we talk Native America, in my head, it's always the Native Americans in the United States. Yeah. For some reason, I don't even think of the Native American tribes and artists from Canada even. Yeah. I mean, it's right there. Yeah. So going back to why I chose it is because I don't really know anything about Southern American indigenous history. And even still, I don't know anything. I'm not going to give you any illusions that I know anything. Yeah. But at least I've started to look into it. Yeah. And it's starting to, the knowledge is seeping into to my head. And I want to learn more now. Yeah. I want to learn more of what the Native American experience and history is, not just here in the U.S., but all across the Americas. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of makes sense that at least, you know, at least in North America, most likely in South America as well, there's got to be a lot of similarities because the colonists, the explorers, quote unquote, mm-hmm. colonized starting south and went north. There's got to be some similarities there where I'm sure there were a ton of atrocities and a ton of things to overcome. Oh, yeah. The United States is not alone in its shittiness. <laughs> <laughs> right? True. We don't uh, trademark that. It's unfortunately something that's a human trait that's across the board. Yeah. Like humans are just shitty to each other. So yeah, it's it's definitely an expansion upon what I've thought of in terms of what is Native American, right? So yeah, this was this was a good find. Yeah, to go a little bit little bit more into Harapo, it does have indigenous roots to it, but it's largely known as Harapo being that type of music. Yeah, okay. type of music, and it's Harapo is a specific type of music and dance music too and it has a style of dance to it just like just like flamenco would or that was what the have fast paced but we're yeah. talking about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the instrumentation real quick i already did kind of talk about it but let's talk a little bit more about the drum setup yeah we didn't go into that watching the video watching the music video it's a drum setup you don't expect no it's the cajon 
which is the it's like a box that you sit on and you smack it with your hand. Uh huh. A hi hat, a crash cymbal, and a bass drum that is on legs, so it looks like a floor tom. Yeah, it didn't even look like a bass drum. It looked yeah. like a, a floor tom. Exactly. And the bass pedal is underneath it, hitting it from the bottom. Yeah. And the cajon is, is supposed to have the sound of the snare? Yeah. It takes the place of what would be a snare drum. Interesting. In the drum setup. You wouldn't expect a different setup just from the sound. Like mm-hmm. when I was listening to it on Spotify, I just thought it was a, a typical drum set. Yeah. And then you showed me the video and I was like, ha. Huh. Yeah. That's different. He's only <laughs> he's only using one drumstick. It's not even a traditional drumstick. It like has a ah, what's it called? There's this bundle of smaller sticks that I use sometimes. Yep. It's kind of sounds like that. It yeah. has a softer sound to it. Yeah. And sometimes he doesn't use that stick at all and just uses his hands on the cajon. Yeah. Well, it looked like the stick was mainly used for the cymbals because mm-hmm. that would yeah fucking hurt if you did it on your hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we talked about there's a there's a, the the two guitars or ukulele looking like things which we now know is called the cuarto. Yeah, and then there's the the harp and the upright bass and the vocalist Ana Vedo, and she has a fairly small part in this song, and it's kind of like the opposite of what you think of a traditional song where it's mostly vocals and an instrumental break. This one is mostly instrumental and a mm-hmm. small vocal break. Yeah. Yeah, we already talked about the lyrics, but I wish I spoke Spanish and I wish I knew exactly what she was talking about. But Me too. Our senses, she's talking about the land and paying tribute to the land. And one more thing about the music video, when the singer comes out, very grand entrance, and she's wearing this big headdress, very beautiful headdress. And mm-hmm. I imagine that has indigenous roots to it. While the song may not be purely an indigenous Native American sound stylistically, it does have roots. Mm-hmm. It does have its roots and influence in it. Yeah, it sounds mo- largely Latin, but I'm learning that whole Latin America sound and all that music has ties to Native American music because they were there first. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's nice to recognize uh, and to better understand where different music genres come from. And a lot of times it's surprising. A lot of times it's not where you think or it's a combination of things that you wouldn't think, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's been a fun journey. Yeah, this was this was fun. Let's wrap up here. And out of five cojones, what would you rate this song? <laughs> Danger. That's an odd number of cojones. <laughs> I would rank it a four. Okay. I don't really have a good reason why it's a four, not a five. More vocals, maybe. He needs more vocals. Maybe. Or... Maybe. (laughs) It's it's hard for me to say. I'm going with my gut here. Um, I do really, really like it. I really enjoyed the song. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would reach for it. Maybe that's the one thing that's holding me back from a five. It has a very short vocal line and doesn't necessarily have a clear melody. It's just kind of just a bunch of sections. There's a consistent sound to it, but... There's no like, hey, we're we're gonna play this melody earworm for your for you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like I couldn't sing along with this one. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So there's nothing that's gonna stick in my brain beyond the super fast paced bring brings. Right? (laughs) And ding 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 dings. Um but it's a it's a really good song though. Mm -hmm. Like I I really did enjoy it. Uh so four out of five cojones. Nice. An even number of cojones. Yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah. Dingly, dingly. <laughs> um, so uh, to close out, I do want to give honorable mention to this one band that if you're looking for a more 
traditional sounding song that's from a Native American artist. You can look up the Martin Sisters. They're a Diné group or, or Navajo group mm-hmm. uh, that uses more traditional sounds in their songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the songs that I absolutely loved and found to be hilarious is called uh, K-Pop Dream Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so fun to listen to. They were also nominated um, for Native American Music Awards this year. Check them out if you're looking for something a little bit more traditional. I'll, I'll make mention them in the show notes as well. It's yeah. gonna going to be a big, big show note thing. All right. Uh, this was a very fun episode. We just scratched the surface on Native American history and Native American subjects. There's so much more to learn. I encourage you all to do your own research, read the history on your own, do something to honor the Native American peoples. In your area. In your area, yeah, especially. Yeah. But, um, you know, you can watch, you can watch, even watch one of the shows we mentioned. That's good enough, you know? Yeah. There's, there's so many fun things out there that different Native American communities are doing and different Native American artists in particular. So um, whatever you're looking for, it's out there. Oh, you yeah. Just gotta, just gotta grab it. I also want to give another shout out to Civics and Coffee, a history podcast that has touched upon some Native American subjects. Just a quick preview. Last year in 2021, she covered the Seminole War. This year, she covered the Second Seminole War. And sprinkled throughout her episodes, there are also other indigenous stories and history. So if you want a true historian, not 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 our asses, that, that <laughs> look up topics real quick, Google them real quick, check out Civics and Coffee. She's doing a fantastic job. And it's an amazing podcast, and your life will be richer for it. That's all I got. So have a great November. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Native American Heritage Month. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we're coming up at the end of the year. So you know what that means. End of the year list. Uh, So hard. We got a few songs to pick for our favorite songs of the year. And I'm working on my favorite albums of the year. Yeah. Onwards and upwards. Let's go. Bye. Okay. See you. Thank you for listening to Two Songs, One Couple. If you like what you hear and you want more, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Two Songs, One Couple.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much. Bye.
Talk some more, please. You're cute. Thanks. <laughs>